And here are the all-male nominees. <laughs> oh, Natalie Portman with a shot for some reason at the fact that it was only males that were nominated for Best Director and something. I guess. I and don't know. I'm, I'm told I tuned out by then. Uh, they had the uh, the camera go on the various nominees, and they all looked ashamed. So, yeah, I, I, well, are you supposed to be ashamed? Am I supposed yes. to be? Am I supposed to be ashamed as an American or a? Well, I guess, I guess it's worldwide as a moviegoer or as a white male. You're <laughs> evil. You're the bad guys. Th- this is the one. When brown people in charge are in charge, all will be good and decent. Please look away from the various cities and countries where, you know, different people are in charge and act like human beings always do when they're in charge. This is the one angle of identity politics, and maybe it's because I'm a white male that I don't get it, but I just have never understood that. Now the all-male and everybody, oh! And uh, when Seth introduced the first award, he said, please don't be two white guys, please don't be two white guys. Right. And it was The Rock and some black woman. I just, because if it, it was two white guys, what? What does that mean? Or I, I just don't get it. It's, just, don't get it. it's virtue signaling. Yeah. yeah. Anywho. Boy, uh, this is really interesting. I'm clicking around trying to figure out, you know, the, uh, the authority to launch nuclear weapons uh-huh. and all. There is so much contradictory information out there. NPR with a piece that says there is not a single check built into the nuclear launch protocols. There is no veto. Then if you appeal to the good folks at Wikipedia, they make it clear that only the president can direct the use of nuclear weapons by U.S. armed forces. But it must be countersigned by the Secretary of Defense. And if he does not, or she, or a person of color, or a transgender Secretary of Defense, they can resign... But then the next person in line has the same choice. Well, that's one of the reasons that Daniel Ellsberg wrote this book, The Doomsday Machine, because he believes there's a lot of uh, either misinformation or purposefully being misled by information out of the government that's just not true. I've seen Crimson Tide a lot, so if you guys mm. need anything kind of <laughs> ironed out, I can help you. He says the nuclear football thing, the, the carrying around the briefcase, is essentially a, a hoax. He uses the word hoax, and uh, it's just theatrics. With respect to deliberate authorized U.S. strategic attacks. Is it now an app on your phone? <laughs> you can get the nuclear strike app. But it's, you know, you go to the app store, it's $100 million. Right. That's the problem. <laughs> the system has always been designed to be triggered by a far wider range of events than the public has ever imagined. Moreover, the hand authorized to pull the trigger on U.S. nuclear forces has never been exclusively that of the president, nor even his highest military officials. As I discovered in my command and control research in the 50s, President Eisenhower had delegated authority to initiate nuclear attacks under various circumstances. Um, And it goes through the various circumstances, various wars, loss of communication, attacks by whoever, whatever. Yeah, okay. I can Uh, buy that, sure. And with his authorization, they had in turn delegated this initiative under comparable crisis conditions to subordinate commanders. So you're getting down to, like, staff sergeant, and he says, listen, if I'm on the crapper, Jones, you deal with it. (laughs) Exactly. To my surprise, after I had alerted the Kennedy White House to this policy and its dangers, President Kennedy continued it rather than reverse the decision of Eisenhower. So did Presidents Johnson, Nixon, and Carter. So almost certainly has every subsequent president to this day, even though in the past several decades there may have been at least nominal de- devolution to some civilian outside Washington. Hmm. He's, yeah, well, see, if if, if it's the, the capital's wiped out and everybody's dead, I'm okay with it. If that's the, like, the, the, 
the scenario where it would devolve down the, the line of command. If it's like the president has a headache or he's in a bad mood or, or you well, know. But once you, give, once you give the authority on down the line, though, you know, it's, it's their call. They, they, they've got to make a judgment. In those circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. But still, they're, they're making a judgment. Sure. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a lot different than what I think most of us picture. The president and the president alone with the, the briefcase and the codes. Yeah. Well, the alternative, though, is uh, the president uh, had a heart attack when the first bomb fell on Philadelphia. So uh, I guess we get vaporized. Of course, no, if he was incapacitated, the Veep would do it. But maybe he's just a quivering mess. Maybe I can't. I don't have the nerve. I don't have the nerve. <laughs> You've got to be able to respond, Jack. Why are you soft on the Ruskies? Um, and the Chinese and the North Koreans and the Pakistanis and the Israelis, though that'd be hard to imagine, and the Brits and the French. An urgent reason for enlightening the world's public on this reality of the nuclear era is that virtually it's virtually certain that this same secret delegation exists in every nuclear state. You just named several, mm. including the new ones, Israel, India, Pakistan, and North Korea. I left India out. Sorry, India. How many fingers are on the Pakistani nuclear buttons? Probably not even the president of Pakistan knows reliably. Yeah. Same with a lot of these other countries. Pakistan is by far the scariest country on Earth in, in terms of nuclear holocaust, except for North Korea. Pakistan, unstable. They got a coup about it. They're about due for a coup. They and, got a coup due. And Trump just cut off aid to Pakistan? Right. Or well, he tweeted it, so does that? No, it's, that's a, it's funny. I was just looking at the New York Times, and they posed the question, which I've attempted to answer on the air, but... Um, Countries are unsure whether to take Mr. Trump's Twitter threats as policy pronouncements or ignore them. Uh, I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. They think, oh, man, Trump's pissed. Let's keep an eye on this. Ellsberg mentions that Trump got beat up a lot for saying things like, why can't we use nuclear weapons if we've got them? And people were aghast. Oh, my God, he would use nuclear weapons first. And Ellsberg says it has always been U.S. policy to be a first strike nation if it's, uh, you know, uh, a B, B to the W situation. Involved. Oh, <laughs> positive, Sean. What's your rule for who wins a fight? The one who f- swings first. The, the fir- first the- guy to realize. Yeah, the one who. This who, is going to be a fight. Yeah, the first person to to understand the circumstance that they are in and say, "All right, I'm in a fight. I've got to fight now." Right. More Almost often than always. not, that's the one. We've who wins. always been a first strike nation, including if we're, if we're in a conventional war. But they're really, you know, getting uh, the best of us or our allies or whoever. We would use nuclear weapons. That's always been our policy. Trump saying it out loud made people go crazy, but that's always been our policy since we've had nuclear weapons. The other thing, I guarantee you, that's the policy policy Russia and China as well, sure, or Israel, sure, sure. Um, And the other thing that was interesting in the book is he said it's it's uh, regularly said that nuclear weapons have not been used since. Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and he said that's absolutely not true. Talk to me. In the sense that if you own a gun so that you can point it at somebody oh. and they will do what you want it to do, we use the threat of nuclear weapons. We never announce it to the U.S. population, he said, but other countries know that we've used them as a threat numbers of times mm. since the uh, since the 40s. To so get our we'll, way. stop this or we'll. We'll take out blank city, MFers. Yeah. yeah. The rest of the world believes we would use, or uh, in the past that we would have used them. We, we have used nuclear weapons in that way, which is basically the same as using nuclear weapons. Well, don't pull out a gun unless you're going to use it and make sure the other guy thinks you're going to use it. So yeah. that makes sense. But listen, if Ellsberg's point is, let's be in touch with the reality of this thing. Let's say, because I've got to admit, even you know a guy who lived through the Cold War and everything and was really into following it and stuff like that, 
uh, uh, nukes are way in the background compared to 1973. Sure. Way in the background. Hell, compared to 1980, 85. Um, so if his point is, look, they're still out there. We're uh, bristling with nukes. Plenty of tension around the globe. Unstable regimes. Uh, let's uh, let's let's re-go over this. Let's reacquaint ourselves with this stuff. I think that's a good point. Right. Yeah. He's he believes. Well, he he was uh, uh, heavily involved in decision making during the Cuban Missile Crisis, and he says one thing that saved the world, and it actually saved mm-hmm. the world. This would destroy the world if this ever goes off. Mm-hmm. Which he and others say is inevitable. But you, you want to pull it, put it off as long as you can, I Do suppose. Do me a favor. Wait 50, 60 years, <laughs> would you? Yeah. Um, that Khrushchev and Kennedy did not want it to happen. Yeah. They both were coming from the standpoint <laughs> of, I don't want this to happen. And because they had the realities of what it would do to planet Earth, to humankind. And he believes that, that that's been lost. Mm-hmm. I think it has been, too. I think everybody, everybody is too flippant with the idea now. It just wouldn't be that big a deal for some reason, and it would be an enormous deal. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, people picture they took out Cleveland. That's a damn shame. You know, the Browns didn't win any games this year, but I understand there's a lot of nice people. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, this is a tragedy. I don't think people understand. No, it would pollute the atmosphere, nuclear fallout, blah, 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 nuclear winter, no crops grow, the air is poison, blah, blah, blah. I suppose it's possible... That an India or a Pakistan launch one at each other and just regional damage is done, you still might have hundreds of thousands dead in, in a giant area that, that's uninhabitable. But your Cleveland example, there's no way an American city gets nuked without us firing the way it's been set up forever, including today, according to Ellsberg, mm. and without us setting the entire arsenal at whoever we think did it, mm. which would destroy the planet. Yeah, well, that would be bad. Perhaps we should... <laughs> rethink that a little bit well that's his point also how about we we just have a policy of five to one that's also his point is do we need to be set the way we used to be set up to just throw the kitchen sink at whoever tries to attack us it's been a good deterrent in that anybody knows that you try to nuke cleveland all right we're blowing you're all gonna die Mm. by tonight now i've made a number of historical references throughout the show today but how about uh back to the old uh fukushima disaster Remember on the West Coast, weren't we told you got to careful, be careful? We're monitoring the radiation. Depends on the winds. Blah blah blah. You know, if India and Pakistan trade a couple of nukes that are ten thousand times the size of uh, Nagasaki or whatever, mm-hmm. um, what's the what's the situation there? Do I have to get on uh, you know I eighty East and all that or what? What's uh, what's the deal? That I want right. to know. Uh, yeah, and and we're all dealing with H bombs now, which nobody's ever used. So right. that that's just that's and it's way more devastating than anything that has been used. So yeah, it's well, all the about book, the fusion, Jack. The book, it's all about the fusion. The book just came out last week. It's getting a fair amount of attention. I've seen the Ellsberg interviewed in a number of shows. I don't know if it's gonna bubble up to where Trump and more people are talking about it. But well, I saw a lot of. Oh, it's late. We probably ought to take a break, but. Uh, a number of folks of good conscience commenting that, uh, like the uh, the protests in Iran, the incredible uh, courage and strength of the women in Iran can't get a breath of news coverage in this country because it's all Trump gossip. Yeah. None of the great feminists of this country, by the way, seem to give a damn about the women being beaten, raped, uh, uh, subjugated, you know, etc. in Iran and the fact that they're fighting back against it. you got no time for that because Trump's not involved. Anywho, 
Nothing. So so nuclear war doesn't have a chance. Unless <laughs> Trump tweets about it again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So you got that going for you, which is nice. Mm. Anybody else want a gravy-flavored candy cane? I got three yeah. left. I've Don't do to get, it! I've been trying to get the taste out of my mouth all morning. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I suppose I should talk about that. I'm only going to do it once in my life, probably. Hmm. Maybe tomorrow. Oh, that thing? Yeah. That thing. Sure. It's kind of interesting. Oh, I'll bet. I'll bet it is. Yeah. So, uh, glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in. It's nice to be back. How you doing? Thanks, everybody, for your really gentle and kind Constructive criticism of the best ofs. <laughs> yeah, appropriate people have taken heed. I'm just, still sore. Adjust accordingly. You know, oh, that's... the internet. The internet has one speed. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. One thing that social media does not do well is constructive criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I finally kind of gotten used to it. You know, I'd occasionally glance at the old social media. And... How do you yeah. cut through though? I had a I had a problem with a business okay. over the last two weeks, and I was thinking, how do you how do you even approach like making a point of being unhappy as a grown up in the modern social media world? Because everybody's hmm. so used to, I hope you and your family die in a fire. Right. I mean, how do you how do you <laughs> how do you make any sort of reasoned right dis- dissatisfaction with their product? Exactly. That, found that it would... flimsier than it was uh, represented to be. <laughs> and you, let's see, I, you got to say you raped something. You raped <laughs> my, right. Uh, right. Right, you can't just say the product you advertised is not what I got, right. and I believe I should either get a f- refund or a discount. That That's not going to cut through with. I'd I rather know where... set fire to myself <laughs> than ever buy another shirt from you. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't know. Maybe understatement is the new overstatement. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, would that it were. Would that it were. So very briefly, a California judge has ordered the violent Marxist Yvette Falarka of By Any Means Necessary to pay thousands of dollars to a college Republican um, over some uh, some uh, legal hijinks. It's good to see uh, a little justice there. We can talk a little more about that later if we have time. But I want to get to these stories. Now, I had originally a trilogy of aberrant human behavior. It's been my hobby since I was a lad, observing and kind of collecting mentally aberrant human behavior because they invent a new kind of crazy every day. But instead of a trilogy of aberrant, couple aberrant and one beautiful and life-affirming. Unlike positive Sean, who still has the taste of gravy candy canes in his mouth, (laughs) I will leave you with the minty freshness of a really nice story. Fantastic. Super. Story number one. Michael, do you want one of these gravy candy canes? You haven't had one. Um, and no. <laughs> you know, Michael, it's not It's not bad like Plan 9 from Outer Space, so bad it's amazing and you're glad you did it. No, it's just kind of mundane. Not a good flavor. Bad. Bad. And it lingers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
17-year-old Terrell Morgan is accused of breaking into a Texas home and watching a mother and daughter while they slept. Yeah. Uh, oh, that'd be so creepy. According to, oh, it gets creepier. I mean, it'd be better than having somebody doing something to you. But if you woke up and somebody was at the foot of your bed and you said, what are you doing? And they just said, watching you. <laughs> that'd be almost worse than a fat an axe in their Jack, hand. To, to paraphrase the great... Uh, Admiral of the United States Navy and bass player from Led Zeppelin, John Paul Jones. I have not yet begun to creep. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Uh, They have security cameras. And cops say the teenager attempted to enter the home by trying to open several doors and windows around the house before ultimately breaking in through a guest room window. He was then spotted on surveillance video walking around the house before entering the bedroom of the homeowner's seven-year-old daughter. The girl was not sleeping in the bedroom at the time. It was actually with her mother in the master bedroom where this Morgan fellow is seen walking in where he stayed for about 30 minutes. When he leaves the room, his pants are off and he's wearing a dress mm. partially pulled up to his knees. Uh, officials say they believe Morgan was watching the mother and child sleep. Homeowner told deputies she found a stain on her bed when she woke up. That was not there before she went to sleep. They busted this guy. Probably ketchup. Oh, uh, additionally, <laughs> that's right. He was having a burger. A water bottle. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, to, I got to post the video of Baxter the dog that I tweeted just so folks can see it on the uh, the website. Additionally, a water bottle he allegedly left behind was found in the guest room with a pair of shorts, blah, 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 blah. The shorts linked back. The reason they caught him is because he'd done it before mm. and they matched his fingerprints to on a water bottle to the same house same people same lady so this guy breaks in watches works it and goes can we get a like a gofundme page or something for this gal to get her to iron bars or something and then this how much time do we have michael one minute all right perfect A plane carrying more than 200 passengers from Chicago to Hong Kong was diverted to Alaska after two of the aircraft's toilets were vandalized. United Airlines forced to make an unscheduled landing due to, quote, a passenger smearing feces everywhere. A man, a U.S. resident of Vietnamese origin, evidently went into two of the bathrooms, did what I said he did. According to authorities, he made no threats. He didn't need to make any threats. He'd already done what needed to be done. Just apparently smear his poo around. Oh, boy. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, I got to tell you, this didn't take long. Oh, I didn't have time for the ballot cleanser. I left it with the taste of poo. I'm so sorry. Trump's high praise Oprah showing up in the congressional news website The Hill this morning. Wow, the long at all. The Oprah story has legs. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Here's your what? Hello. Here's your palate cleanser. As promised. Dallas area. Billy Earl Dade Middle School. Tough neighborhood. About 90% low-income families. Going to have its first breakfast with dads. 
but they're concerned that a lot of the the uh, the lads didn't have dads or a male figure in their lives, so they called out to the community for mentors. Uh, they needed 50 men, 600 showed up to be a mentor to these young men. Isn't that a beautiful it thing? Is. I love that. Yeah. I love those mentoring programs. Nice job, men of Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. The underlying problem, obviously, is horrifying. Oh, yeah. Fatherlessness is a plague on America. Nobody wants to talk about it, though. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Belly Hill, the political website covering Congress, had a headline this morning. Trump tweets praising Oprah resurface amid 2020 speculation. The story goes on to say, President Trump's old tweets praising Oprah Winfrey have resurfaced after Golden Globe's speech, prompting speculation she would run for president. Oprah will end up doing just fine with her network, Trump tweeted in 2012. She knows how to win. And days before the No, 20- wait a minute. Win. That's his thing. Yes. Winning. Back to you. Days before the 2012 presidential election, Trump <laughs> tweeted he adores Winfrey. Trump appearing on her show several times in a Fat clip. Oprah. And a clip. Of Fat, Trump. Fat Oprah. Is that be his nickname? Phony <laughs> Oprah. Phony. Yeah. She's phony. Believe me, she's, fo- she's very, very phony. A clip of Trump praising Winfrey during an interview with ABC's George Stephanopoulos has also resurfaced. In 1999, when you were thinking of running as a Reform Party candidate, you told Larry King that you'd consider Oprah. For vice president. I like Oprah. What can I tell you? She's still on your short list? Oh, she's great. She's talented. She's a friend of mine. She's a good person. I've been on her show. In fact, I was on her show her last week. She said, could I be on her show with the whole family? I like Oprah. I mean, is that supposed to be a bad thing? I no, don't think but so. Is, who, so when no, you think I like about Oprah. who the kind of people you're going to run with. I think with. Oprah would be great. I'd love to have Oprah. I think would win easily, actually. <laughs> you see, who, was, who was he talking to? Was that Snuffleupagus? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why was he pushing Trump? Isn't it weird, though, that she supported Support Oprah? Isn't that odd? Isn't that weird? What was he hinting at? That was just weird. Well, I think back then, naming somebody that's only known as a television personality nah. as your running mate would, would be weird. I'll grant you that. It would stand out as like, I you're considering you. Oprah Winfrey? On the other hand, Bill Crystal of the Weekly Standard has tweeted, Oprah was pro-regime change in Iraq. On the record, 2002. Pro-Iraq war. Mm, how will that factor in? Ask uh, Elizabeth Warren. I, I'm not sure issues matter. I think it's just personality. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just personality now, and I wouldn't... I didn't think Donald Trump would ever run. I didn't think he... I didn't think he'd run, and if he did, I didn't think anybody... He would never get off the ground. So right. we live in a different world. Um, do you think? Oh, wait a do, do you think Oprah's serious at all, though? Because Kid Rock clearly was not. He yeah. liked letting it hang out there for a while that he might run for the Senate because it was fun and he got a lot of attention and the crowd would go wild. And then at some point he had to shut it down, I guess, because it probably gets to be too intrusive or something. Mm. Is Oprah just? Is she serious? Is she? Is, is this like yes. she wants to? You think she is? She's yeah. measuring how people respond. She is somewhere between thirty and seventy percent serious about it. Maybe eighty. I wonder if she's spent any money on uh, Oppo on herself yeah. to see what uh, what she's got out there as a liability. What would Trump's nickname for Oprah be? <laughs> Fat Oprah. Four one five two nine five KFTC. Text now four one five two nine five KFTC. A couple I've seen. Oprah tunist. Too sophisticated. I like this one. Uh, overrated Oprah. 
Or what was the one I said? Oh, phony Oprah. How about Nopra Wimpfree? <laughs> Probably Aunt not. Jemima. No, what? Aunt oh. Jemima. What? Oh, oh, oh. You don't think he'll do that? That'd be the end. Well, did I just announce Did I just say that would be so over the line it would end Trump? Did I actually just say that? <laughs> we got a big raid moving into California today, and that's prompting worries about flash floods, mud, and debris flows that can happen with little or no warning. Right now, some folks in Santa Barbara County leaving their homes due to the storm. Most of the people under mandatory evacuation orders live in the area that has been scorched by that massive Thomas fire. The storm expected to hit the areas today, but the sun might break out this afternoon before the clouds really open up and dump on the area tonight. A lot of people in and near the burn area is very concerned, and they should be. Looks like Coachella Festival is going to be weed-free. The organizers of the music festival. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty hilarious. They're banning marijuana from this year's event, despite yes, record- no marijuana at the big music festival in the desert. Good. Good, I hope not. <laughs> marijuana was banned in California for the, you know, every day before January 1st. It seemed to be plenty prevalent in, in those realms. Yeah, the organizers deciding to ban it despite recreational pot being legal in California as of January 1st. Under the new law, though, local officials still have the last word on whether weed can be sold or distributed within their individual borders. <clears throat> and the city fathers and mothers in India, where Coachella is held, have decided to keep pot illegal. That's hilarious. <laughs> this year's big Golden Globe winner, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, got the uh, Globe for Best Motion Picture Drama. It's star Francis McDormand won uh, for Best Performance by an Actress in a Drama and Best Actor in a Motion Picture Drama. Gary Oldman for The Darkest Hour. And from the uh, previews I've seen, that looks great. Yeah, it does, except are the previews accurate for what the movie is? I read a review of the movie, and it it, uh, it said it was a refreshing look at Churchill and how much doubt he had, how uh, uh, conflicted he was. And the, the ad makes it look like it's all about he knew exactly what to do the whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just wondered if Best- I'm being misled on that movie. Best actor. He, he oh. beat out Daniel Day Lewis, which is always notable yeah. for Best Actor awards. And Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy, James Franco for The Disaster Artist, which has been getting rave reviews as well. And the other big winner of the night, Sacramento based movie Lady Bird, Best Musical or Comedy Film, director Greta Gerwig accepting yep. the award. Remembering where she came from. I want to say thank you to my mom and dad and the people of Sacramento who gave me roots and wings and helped me to get where I am today. And just thank you, thank you, thank you. If you've never been to Sacramento, Roots and Wings is right downtown. It's, it's It used to be just a little mom. It's now like a department store. And luckily she doesn't have syphilis. Didn't Sacramento get named the syphilis capital or something? Gonorrhea. Gonorrhea. Something. Luckily remember. she doesn't have gonorrhea. Well, let's not quibble. <laughs> All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show. The voice of the West. There's some sort of general creepy crawly crud. Yeah. Something like that. But on the TV side for the Golden Globes, you know, for, for, for decades, obviously, it was always Cheers, Frasier, whatever for comedy, and then ER, Hill Street Blues, or whatever for the drama, on your big networks. The best drama was on Hulu, and the best comedy was on Amazon. And mm-hmm. you probably haven't seen either one of them. And they won the awards last night. I thought Amazon was a book website. Yeah, I actually don't know how to watch a show on Amazon. It'd take me a few minutes to figure that out. Yeah, I do all the time. It's one of our faves. Do you? Yeah. You want to kick me a little love, Jeff Bezos? Feel free. And Joe asked a question earlier. How would you attack Oprah? She seems unattackable. 
What what do you go after on Oprah? What's not to like there? Well, you start with a single leg takedown. You try to get your weight above her. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? I say stay low. Stay low. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Street lights along the highway. Throwing shadows in the dark. Here's a question for you. What's the hot new workout craze? Which you might be aware of because it's a workout time year. Boy, people who work at gyms or people who work out at gyms regularly. This time of year is just hilarious. Oh, yeah. They're scoffing at you. Make no mistake. I've never done it because I, I, I have too much. Uh, it'd be too damaging to my psyche. I just I just can't imagine the signing up, the going every day for three weeks, and then paying for the next five years. Three weeks. That'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. But I, I did used to go to gym regularly, and yeah, first of the year, it's just packed in there. You can't even go. It's easier to exercise at home and for a couple of weeks until yeah. the crowd dies off. Wow. And it's just, I don't know, we were talking about this earlier. Is it just recognizing human nature? We're not designed to make major life changes, apparently. Mm-hmm. Apparently, because very few people ever do. Yeah, tweaks you can make. Well, yeah, change- and I think that ought to be your goal, I a think, tweak. Yeah, I think we're better off saying, uh, apparently, I'm going to start walking for 15 minutes three times a week. Yeah. But I'm not going to join the gym and start going every day. Mm. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, I think the... The kind of faulty point of the New Year's resolution is you you pressure yourself into making this big 180 degree turn in a in a 24 hour span and and today my day is different when real life changing things the way that you improve as a person is smallly incrementally over time smallly that's not a word that's the big hardest league. the the hardest thing to do in life though is just incremental effort that that I find it to be the hardest fighting thing fighting elephants harder than that <laughs> it's, it's it's not the hardest thing in life it's the way everything gets accomplished. Yeah. There there are very, very few things that you just do like one big effort and now it's done and yay. It's just not the way things work. Yeah. Whether it's cleaning your house or working out or whatever it is. It's just daily application of your goal. Yeah. I think I think back in the day, uh, you know, millennials are so shallow now. It's just disgusting. But back in the day, uh, you know, a kid grew up wanting to be a hero of some sort, you know? Picturing a hero being, you know, catching a baby, uh, flying from the burning building, or not literally flying. Babies can't fly. Um, <laughs> oh, baby but humans can't. Baby the, birds can. The idea of being a uh, a hero, but doing something heroic generally involves showing up a thousand days in a row, you know, grinding it out. That's how good stuff happens. That's how you get respect. Um, and that's, you know, that's harder to do than, you know, the the to relate this back to the New Year's uh, resolution thing is to make a massive change and then just go as a different person. Eh. It almost never happens. Right. So it's kind of silly that so many millions of us uh, attempt it every year. Yeah. But anyway, the new workout craze is, uh, first of all, they said people who work out alone give up the soonest. So working out with people. Have an exercise body. Which just makes sense because mm-hmm. then you got to let you got to tell them, no, I've given up. I'm going to stay fat. Right. you got to say that out loud to your friend. <laughs> And it's harder than just saying it to yourself. And they've got to accept it. 
And if your friend's any friend, he'll say, okay, fatty, go ahead. <laughs> oh, boy. But the new trend is retro classes that turn fitness into competitive group great games. And it's old-timey games. It's like dodgeball or uh, oh, yes. badminton or any of the things you did in gym class years ago. And it shows this gym in New York, of course, where you got to be super cool, where the gym instructor has knee-high striped socks and oh. a headband and looks like a gym teacher from the 70s. And Let's see. I was on it. Now I'm off it. <laughs> <laughs> and Too you gotta, much. You got to do these old timey things. Oh, That's beautiful. Yeah. Sit ups and push ups. And I love the badminton. I'd play that. I don't know how much exercise you get. How many badminton sets have been sold in the history of the world? Four or just in America? No, millions and millions. <laughs> they need to have a warning on the box. Useless if the wind is blowing more than two miles per hour. I know, kids. Let's set up a badminton net. You use it once. Trust me, I've done it. Then you got the slightest breeze, and it's just unworkable. Your shuttlecock doesn't work anymore. Oh, no. I hate when that happens. Yeah. Sorry, honey. It's, uh, I don't know. It's windy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Hilarious. Anyway. So Oprah's running for president. Oh, we did that story. Yeah. My dog almost killed me. We took him up to the uh, walled compound in the woods, and his, you know what? I learned. I've been reading about uh, the sort of dogs he is, because he's, he's, Jack, he's a crossbreed, mm. um, and and part of him, he's half uh, border collie. He's a working dog, and working dogs have to have a job. You've got to give them some sort of job. He has two jobs. Number one, check the yard. I tell him, check the yard. Fry cook. <laughs> the other one is fry cook. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's so cute the way he holds on to the special. But his job is chasing tennis balls. Well, I had to have him on leash up in the mountains because we don't have a fence. And uh, I tried to, like, throw a ball, then keep up with him <laughs> as he chased after it. Well, I, you know, Sean, it wasn't as pathetic as that. I allowed for the fact that he was five times as fast as me. What I didn't allow for was that sometimes he, like, grabs at it with his mouth, but doesn't get it and, and shoots it forward even farther. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's when I went ass over tea kettle, did a very <laughs> graceful tuck and roll, and uh, about broke my neck. Awesome. And he'd have eaten my dead corpse, too, because that's the way dogs are. Never turn your back. Got to have a job. Our working job uh, dog is an actuary. (laughs) (laughs) And now, final thoughts from Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Marshall Phillips, your final thought. First one of the year. Speaking of staying in shape, I have not been over to the Raven Social and Athletic Club now for at least two weeks, so I have fallen out. Out of condition, or at least a certain condition. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Which you've yes. lost is a buzz. That's yeah. not condition. <laughs> Ease your way back in. Yeah. Michelangelo, final thought. I'm not going to make any major changes right away. I just want to work from January. I'm very poor. And by December, I want to be mediocre. There you go. Just work my way up. <laughs> there you go. Positive Sean, final thought. Yeah, I have no idea if it was actually the best movie of the year last year, but Lady Bird was by far my favorite movie. I love it. I hope it wins everything it's nominated for. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's, it's a perfect movie. Wow, cool. Jack, your final thought? You know, I knew it would happen. It was inevitable. But the news flow, it appears, is going to be exactly like it was in 2017. Relentless like the world is on fire every single day and almost entirely about Trump. Mm. Doesn't mean we have to do it that way, but no. that seems to be what it is so far. Uh, my final thought is fire and fury is more, uh, you know, flatulence and bullets in my opinion, and then you can all talk about it if you want. But we're going to try to, this year as last year, figure out what's actually going on, not run with the media herd, and, and talk about things that matter. 
You can stay in touch. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. All our contact info is there. I do think this whole North Korea thing is going to come to a head one way or another, which is uh, they're sending a team to the Olympics at the request of South Korea. North Korea is going to have an Olympic team this year. Could be a year of healing and peace, Jack. I doubt it. Oh, hey, at the website, it posted a shocking horror film starring Baxter the dog. Oh, fantastic. Adult audiences only, please. Armstrongandgettyradio.com. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. We apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. And the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Why don't we say that here are the nominations? Yes. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.